Hi folks, Curtis Shelburne here, and welcome to the Focus on Faith with Curtis Shelburne podcast. A good place just to be and breathe and hang out for a while as we share some words about life in Christ. And that's all of it, I think. Life, that is. The good, the bad, the fun, the sad, the deepest joys, the toughest sorrows, all of it. I think we're going to have a good time, and I hope you enjoy this. I hope you'll tell your friends about it, and I hope you come back often. This episode, episode 9, is entitled, It's Not the Square, It's the Quilt. And that'll make more sense in just a little while. In one or two of our earlier episodes, I've told you that one of the hats that I wear, and I seem to wear a number of them, is that of managing editor of the Christian Appeal monthly devotional magazine. I've been working with that magazine now for, well, over three decades. My brother Gene is the senior editor, and hey, he's up to probably six decades, well, right around there. And so it's a good thing we enjoy it. And I'll tell you some more about it in just a little while. But just a day or two ago, I was editing an issue that's just about to come out, and it features the writing of a great friend and a great writer, Dr. Joe R. Barnett. We've featured Joe's pieces a bunch of times. I should mention to you, if you'd like to see and hear more of his stuff, just go to www.pathwayco.com, and you'll see some really good material there that I think you'll enjoy. That's www.pathwayco.com. One of Joe's essays that we're featuring in an upcoming issue is entitled, An Arm Around Your Shoulder. I won't read it all, but I know Joe wouldn't mind me sharing some of this with you. He talks about Jackie Robinson, who, of course, is celebrated as the first African-American to play Major League Baseball. He broke the color barrier. He changed professional sports forever. Now, Joe mentions that actually Jackie wasn't the first black ball player in the major leagues. That honor honestly belongs to Moses Fleet Walker way back in 1883. But as he says, that's a history lesson for another time. Today, we laud Jackie Robinson as well we should. He was reviled, though, in 1947 when he signed on with the Brooklyn Dodgers. When he jogged onto the field or came to bat at opposing ballparks, the sneers and the slurs were deafening. And so Joe writes, Jackie preferred playing at home, naturally, in Brooklyn's Ebbets Field, where there were no racial taunts, until in one game he misjudged a sizzling grounder. A trickle of booze quickly swelled into a roar. Jackie stood at second base, head bowed, humiliated. And that's when shortstop Pee Wee Reese walked over he draped his arm around Jackie's shoulder and glared at the 25,000 spectators. Ebbets Field became as quiet as a graveyard. Jackie said Reese's arm around his shoulder saved his career. Well, we all make mistakes in life. We commit errors, forced or unforced. And there are always people willing to throw taunts at us. Sometimes we feel like we deserve them. Other times we know that we didn't, but still, here they come. You can look in the Bible, and one of the things I love about the Bible is it shows the weaknesses as well as the strengths of its characters. In Luke 19, we're told the story of Zacchaeus, 
uh, short stuff tax collector that everybody hated, the sleaze bag of Jericho. Zacchaeus heard that Jesus was coming through town and he wanted to get a look at him. His curiosity may have been simmering for nearly three years, ever since he'd heard that Matthew, one of his tax-collecting comrades, had gone batty and was quitting his lucrative tax racket to join up with this nowhere-to-lay-his-head Jesus. Zacchaeus moseyed into the crowd, hoping to go unnoticed. Fat chance. People bitterly hissed his name, cursed him. He ended up scrambling up a tree, and it was from this perch that he first saw Jesus. Now, I'm not going to go ahead and tell you the whole story. You really should read it. I love the way Joe tells the story. It's there in Luke 19 for you, and it's in the Christian Appeal magazine. I'll tell you more about that in a minute. But Jesus not only did not disparage this man, he held out hope for him. He went to his house for dinner, and Jesus says in these famous words, The Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. Jesus looked at Zacchaeus and said, Today salvation has come to this house. Zacchaeus said, Lord, I'll give half of all I have to the poor. To those I've cheated, I'm going to give back four times as much as I took. He's not buying salvation. He's thanking God for a completely unmerited, completely gracious gift. Well, we all make mistakes. Every day we make some kind of a mistake or two or a few, usually with our tongues. And pretty often we make some pretty serious mistakes. Sometimes we make the kinds of mistakes that actually could, in so many ways, ruin our lives. But Jesus says, as he puts his arm around us, hey, the game isn't over. As Joe quotes from Romans 8, if God is for you, who can be against you? You're more than conquerors through him who loves you. That's a pretty amazing arm around your shoulder. And so God tells us to lace up our cleats and stay in the game. Well, in a few moments, I want to change the metaphor, and we'll talk a little more about that. I think we could all use that kind of encouragement. We could all use that kind of forgiveness, couldn't we? I'm not sure I'm all that good at doing ads, but this is a good place for one. And I'm pretty sure I'm not very good at making money at ads, because I'm going to talk to you again here about something that's absolutely free. Since I've just mentioned the Christian Appeal, let me tell you how to get it. And it won't cost you a dime. If you're interested in becoming a subscriber to our monthly devotional magazine, The Christian Appeal, then just give us your name and your address and we'll sign you up. All you have to do is go over to our website at www.christianappeal, one word, no space, dot com. There's a contact form there and you can give us your information there and we will be happy to sign you up. Now, if you want to just take a look at the current issue and some recent issues, and issues if you're interested all the way back into the 60s, they're right there on the website too. We'd love to have you as one of our subscribers. We'd love to have you as one of our readers, however you do it. And so there it is. There's my ad for something absolutely free. And now, let's focus on faith. A number of analogies would probably work. It's not the chapter, it's the book. It's not the note, it's the song. It's not the song, it's the symphony. 
but I think I may like this one best. It's not the square. It's the quilt. A few months ago, in fact, it was before the COVID-19 mess changed all of our lives and certainly the way we do what I'm about to mention, I officiated at, helped with, or attended, it seems like, an unusually large number of funerals. Now, as a pastor, I do funerals, and I help families, I hope I help them, try to get through the grief that comes when we lose a loved one. People don't realize, by the way, how hard that is. They don't realize how much time that takes. You're trying to put into words the words of family and friends. That's part of your job. You're trying to bring comfort from God's Word and to put into words the message that you believe God would be giving the family during this difficult time. You look at the Scriptures. You look at the Word of God given to us to give all of us comfort, and you try to share that with the family in a meaningful way. It really is a bit of a task, but I think it also is one of the areas of real ministry that we participate in that really does make a difference. And so it's hard work. I'm more than willing to do it. And yet there are just those times when it seems that, wow, it's funeral on top of funeral. And I realized during that time, even as I was helping officiate at a number, I would have attended more if it weren't for the others. In a real sense, all death is unnatural, and it reminds us that we live in a fallen world. But some deaths are, in this fallen world, a merciful release from pain and suffering. Several of the deaths that I'm thinking of were that kind. The families still felt the sting of loss and separation, but their loved one or ones had lived good, long lives, and the release came truly at the right time. In other cases, though, no. The death seemed almost unbearably too soon. It seemed so utterly wrong. Well, it's a paradox that many deaths and funerals of whatever sort force you to think seriously about life. And here's a thought, not particularly profound by any means, but I think very true, that pushed its way into my head through that time of so many funerals. When we look back over a life in review, what we notice is not the square, it's the quilt. Yeah, quilt. People used to make them. Still do. Not just a comforter, though I like those. Or a blanket. Hotel rooms need more of those. Or a blanket throw for your recliner. It takes two to make one good one of adequate size. They make those things postage stamp size. I mean quilts. Handmade. Made with skill and often with love always made of many squares stitched together. When I think of the folks whose lives we honored during that time, and many, many more before, and some since, when I think of the quality of those lives, I don't find myself centering for long on one small or transitory part, even if it was important. I focus instead on the whole. Hence my point. It's not the square, it's the quilt. That doesn't mean the squares are not important. Where the person lived, what he studied, what she did for a living, what were some of the best moments in his life and how he handled them, what were some of the worst times of her life and how she handled them, 
what she was proud of, what he was ashamed of, what he liked, what she didn't like. My analogy doesn't mean that the little or daily stuff or intervals and incidents, long or short, in life don't matter. They matter immensely because every decision, each moment, fits together to form a life. But when it's all said and done, it's not the square, it's the quilt. Even King David had a couple of ugly squares in his, but Scripture's comment on the whole quilt, he was truly a man after God's own heart. Quite literally, by God's grace, the life of Christ in a person living in covenant with God colors every stitch of the quilt, every atom of the fabric. The squares, imperfect as they are, are stitched together, held together, washed in, of all things, His blood. And the quilt is beautiful. Well, again, thank you for joining us on this Focus on Faith with Curtis Shelburne podcast. I am so glad you chose to join us, and I hope you'll come back and spend some time with us again. If you like it, why don't you tell some friends about it? Sure would appreciate it. Have a great day.